but I know when you're hosting your own tournament, there's a lot. It's really scary to know where to even begin. So this is this guideline just to reassure you that it's going to be okay. But along with the checklist, there's always the reminder that there are people out there ready to help you. Hey, friends, welcome to the Coach Connection, a one clap speech and debate podcast that is your source for quick, optimistic tips, hacks, and support to help inspire and assist speech and debate coaches in Wyoming or anywhere. I'm Lyle Wiley, a high school English teacher and speech and debate coach in Thermopolis, Wyoming, and your host of the One Clap Speech and Debate podcast. So perhaps you're going to be planning and running a virtual or in-person tournament this year, and you don't know where to start, and you're afraid, very afraid. Well, fear not, One Clappers. My good friend Londi Ganyan is here to dispel your hosting demons and calm your fluttering nerves about hosting virtually or in person. Londi is the head speech and debate coach at Jackson Hole High School and the district chair of the Wind River District. She's been working tab at tournaments for a very long time now and has been compiling resources to help coaches who are new to the process of hosting. We've already shared out the planning and running your speech and debate tournament checklist on oneclapspeechanddebate.com, and now Londi is here to tell you all about it. We also discussed some other things like Londi's best Halloween costumes and some other Halloweenish nonsense. Things did get a little wacky for sure. And yeah, I know I'm running a little behind on the spooky season, but it was a really fun chat, and I thought maybe some listeners might enjoy it. Feel free to skip ahead about five minutes if you'd prefer to avoid our preposterous Halloween back-and-forth nonsense. So let's get right into it. Here's my interview with Londie Ganyan about the planning and running your speech and debate tournament checklist that she's created and shared with us. I'll try to get it together here. Let's try. Let's just try starting over one more time. Okay. <laughs> All right. So. I'm here with my good friend, Londi Ganyan, the head coach of the Jackson Hole High School speech and debate team, and we're chatting about running virtual and in-person tournaments. Hi, Londi. How's it going? It's good. <laughs> it's, yeah, no, no problem at all. I think that before we start talking about this really amazing resource that you've made that you've titled, let's see, what's it called? The Planning and Running Your Speech and Debate Tournament Document which is a, a, just a great a title, by the way. It's a, it's a mouthful. <laughs> it is a mouthful, um, but it is a super helpful document. We're going to talk about it. But before we talk about that, I think that we, in the spirit of Halloween, spooky season, we need to talk some Halloween stuff. I was originally going to ask you about your five favorite movies. That really stressed you out. Then I was going <laughs> to I was going to talk to you about possibly like your top five, like songs that you might put on a Halloween mix. That also like a mixtape that, that, that was also very stressful. So then we settled on your top three Halloween costumes of all time that you've, that, that, that you've actually used as a costume in Halloween. So what do you got? What do you think are your top three Halloween costumes of all time? Okay. Halloween is a big deal back when I was younger because my dad is an artist. So I it was always the biggest challenge start at the beginning of October and I would, he would say, what are you going to be for Halloween? And I would be like, I had to think of the weirdest things to be. So one year I was hundred dollar bill and it was a hundred dollar bill. Cause it's cooler than being a $1 bill. <laughs> Definitely. So that's maybe three, the third, I mean, okay. So there's some other examples that aren't going to make the top three. Like I was a fireball one year. Right. 
which was a great costume except for my wig we couldn't find a red wig so i had a clown wig so that was a, like i guess it was a rainbow ball of fire then i was the spider web i was just talking about my spider web costume today i was a blue m&m before it was cool right but the biggest problem okay with my halloween costumes is like they weren't functional so number three was my hundred dollar bill which was fine it was soft Number two, I was a telephone one year, which was this just big, giant foam contraption. And then my top one was in fourth grade, I was the world. You literally were the world. Blondie was the world. Did you sing, I am the world? We, we are the world. Well, I think that's what it is. Well, that's the song, but... It, <laughs> was just you that was the world so it's true it's true and i couldn't sit down all day because he made it out of it was like a giant paper mache ball <laughs> you couldn't sit down all day that sounds miserable and my arms were like... i mean it sounds like a pretty good costume yes but also like pretty a, epic wow like that's that's a lot of commitment but yeah. you know when you're the world you gotta you gotta go hard <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so those are your okay, those are your top three Halloween costumes of all time. <laughs> I was gonna ask in addition to that, because from talking earlier, it sounds like you're you're not really a costumey person at Halloween, though. You'd rather hand out candy than go out and get candy, right? Correct. Yes. I think I'm with you. Although some of that's probably just pure laziness. Like as I get older, I just prefer to sit at home and watch movies and hand out candy than go out uh-huh. and have to like walk around. So I, I, that's probably not good. I should, I'm going to go out with the 11 year old this Halloween. So that'll be fun. What's she going to be? She is going to be Draco Malfoy. <gasps> what? Uh, He's on my calendar right here. Oh my gosh. She would freak out because she's a huge Draco fan right now. Kind of like a, like a, like, you know, she fans out about him, but kind of hates and loves him at the same time. Yeah. So complicated. Mm. Mm. Oh, to be young again. <laughs> Harry Potter. I think Amy and I will dress up for high school. We'll probably do our standard costume that we do every few years. So wait, don't you think you guys should be characters from it too? Well, that would be a good pause. Like that's a good option. Why don't you go as like the other Slytherins? Well, we don't have the stuff to do that. So we're not going to do that. We're going to go as Garth and Wayne from Wayne's world. So with Draco, (laughs) with Draco. (laughs) Yeah. It makes perfect sense. You just, just like got to think multiple <laughs> universes. Like, just think okay. how great if those those two, you know, like franchises were like mashed together. Like, well, Harry I think Wayne's that world. <laughs> yeah, I think that I'll probably go as my Harry Potter character, which is Blondie Deathstroke. Yes. Correct. <laughs> yes, she's vicious, very vicious. Yes, like that's right. When I've watched Lucy play with Blondie Deathstroke she's a super influential, powerful character who's super dangerous. So. Oh my gosh. So much responsibility. Right. It's pretty scary, mm-hmm. but also it matches. It fits you. So not someone to be trifled with. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out. All right. Like, I don't know how much of this we'll put in the podcast, but Hey, <laughs> it was fun to talk to you about this. Um, Let's, let's talk about the, Planning and running your speech and debate tournament checklist. It's yes. a it's a very succinct title. I mean, it's, it's not much of a <laughs> mouthful at all. 
what so what is this checklist and like why does it exist Bondi? well it exists because we have so many resources for our community and they're spread out all over the place so the idea was that we put it in one place and it's one document that you can go to that has links to all these other documents and the reason that we created it is that there's a real need i think there's a lot of coaches that want to feel confident in hosting a tournament and volunteering to host a tournament and not be scared about it so this gives them a document of like knowing where to start and it's very malleable like uh the idea would be that you can update it for your own tournament however you'd like um, but it gives you a good starting point so definitely like a collection of a bunch of different resources organized hopefully in a way that would help someone who is going to plan and run a speech and debate tournament and maybe doesn't feel super confident in that correct i think what's important for coaches that are thinking of hosting a tournament to remember is that you're not in it alone uh and there are resources and people out there ready and willing to help you uh but i know when you're hosting your own tournament there's a lot it's really scary uh to know where to even begin so this is this guideline just to reassure you that it's going to be okay but along with the checklist there's always the reminder that there are people out there ready to help you and you created this i want to be clear about this like this is a londy creation Right. So, and a lot of the stuff that you've pulled is stuff that you've created as well along the way. Some of it's from other resources and stuff, but you know, like this was, this was kind of your brainchild and you sort of put it together, you know, I'm, I mean, on advisement from a couple of people who you occasionally showed and then they said, yeah, this looks really good. Good job. Yes. When I say we created, I I was talking about the Royal we in that I wrote this Yes, in the same way that you (laughs) That you were the world, as in you were the world. <laughs> it was actually you that was the world. And exactly. Yes, exactly. You, you've made this resource and we're really thankful for it. So how did you like, how did you decide how to organize this? How was it organized? So sort of uh, organized somewhat chronologically. Uh, we go through, what do you, okay, I've decided to host and what do I do now? And um, sometimes there's deadlines on there just to give you a guideline of when this should be completed by not everything has a deadline uh, necessarily written out there. I mean, you could put in there your own deadlines if you want to keep yourself on track with hosting. The most important thing with hosting is knowing when you need to have certain things out. So a big chunk of the, of hosting, you know, starts with making the decision of when you're going to host it and then getting your invitation and your um, software set up and out there. So you have to do a big chunk of work at the beginning. And then kind of as the dates get closer, you're just kind of tracking a few things. And then obviously there's a big chunk of work right before the tournament and running the tournament. But this kind of having a checklist allows you to make sure you're staying on track with all that stuff. It could be, I've seen what happens before where you get all that work done to get your invite out and then you kind of lose your way. And then all of a sudden you feel like the tournament's a couple days away and you don't know if you've done everything that you need to be doing. So 
It's a guideline. Yeah, it's it's built cool too in terms of like used Google Sheets. So we'll make this available on the one clap speech and debate.com website. <laughs> Forgot what it was called for a second. So it's, it's a place on the internet. Um, okay, yeah, we'll make it available on the website. And um, and you can make a copy of it and then you can literally use it as a checklist. It's got the little boxes down the left side that you can check as you go through after you've made your own copy. And then you can like actually, you know, if you need to add your own stuff, adapt it for your own use, it's there. But there's like a deadline, a task, and then links, helpful links for those tasks also in another column. So it's like, I like the way it's organized. It's very user-friendly. You've also, I should point out, made a virtual tournament checklist and an in-person tournament checklist. So if you happen to be looking at this document while we're talking, we have two different tabs. One is for the virtual and one is for the in-person. Anyway, so like it's very user-friendly, well well designed by by Londi, who also like Twilight's as a as a designer of sorts. I guess like you, you kind of are like a professional organizer. I like, I, I like that you said Twilight's as instead of like moon, <laughs> Moonlight's as. And I think that was like a reference to me loving Twilight. So it, I'll take it definitely it. was on my brain when I said it, but it's not probably doesn't make sense to anybody else. So probably won't use that. But hey, <laughs> uh, yeah, I could see you in a different life, like being like a professional organizer, though. Yeah, it's definitely like one of your strengths. Um, for sure is organizing things in a usable way. So are there any considerations like that people should take for like thinking about the in-person and the virtual tournaments with this document? Or is there anything that you need to do with the checklist for one of those scenarios or the other? Yeah. So the document works best if you decide to use tab room. I think that's, um, you know, the, the software that we know the best here in Wyoming. Um, and what we found to be a really useful software last year when we were exclusively virtual. So that is one thing to consider um, if you're going to use this checklist. It's primarily for tab room. I mean, I think you can manipulate it to use it for a different kind of software. I just don't know as much about it. So the virtual checklist is based on a lot of the stuff that we learned as we went last year. Uh, so if I think about the difference between our first fall virtual tournament and our last spring virtual tournament, we gained so much knowledge. And I, the goal is really to be able to share that with everybody and have a place where all these resources are in one place. So, you, I mean, I did create the document, but I didn't. All the resources are shared from all the different tournaments that we had last year and all the things we learned on it. On, like you said, and the far right column are all the resources and places that you can go to, to um, links that you can go to, to understand what we're talking about in the middle column, which is the checklist column. Differences between the virtual and in person. So there's definitely some considerations that you'll want to make. We, as a state of Wyoming, didn't used to use tab room until we were sort of uh, thrown into it last year with the virtual option. Tabroom does still have, is still a great software, even if you're not doing online. Uh, but you have to think about things of like, are you going to do paper ballots or are you going to do online ballots? If you're going to do online ballots at an in-person tournament, what does that look like? Do your judges have access to computers? Do, you know, uh, do you have people that are willing or able to um, enter 
physical ballots, that kind of stuff. So you just need to kind of consider some of those things. Um, I think another consideration, virtual versus in-person, um, in-person tournaments, you may want to think about who you're inviting to your tournaments versus a virtual tournament. You can, op- I think in person you have, you're limited to geographically who's nearby, but a virtual tournament could potentially be opened up to anybody in the, in the nation. So you want to think about that and just really be mindful of those kinds of considerations as you uh, start to think about hosting. On this uh, checklist, like what do you think are the most important slash helpful links that you've compiled here? I guess that's kind of a dumb question. I, <laughs> it's probably all relevant and it depends on what someone's looking for, but is there something especially you want to highlight on there that could be useful for coaches? Yeah, I think uh, one thing kind of right off the bat, how to write your tournament invite, something that's really helpful because I think there's a lot of questions that people have about your tournament that maybe you didn't think of to put in your invite. So it's helpful to read that document and really kind of take all those things into consideration before you send out your invite. The schedule is super important. So deciding on how you're going to run your schedule, I think that is really significant, especially considering who's coming to your tournament. So how far they have to travel and that kind of stuff is really important. And then also about, you know, all the pressures that we're under still under this pandemic. What does that mean for travel and, and different considerations that different schools have? So there are lots of schedule suggestions on here. It's something that you can look at as a guideline. Doesn't mean you have to do one of those just gets you thinking about it in the right direction. And then I think a big part of it is all our judge training uh, documents that are in there because that I think is really um, helpful, especially in the virtual world as we're getting people used to how the tab room, how to read your ballots, how to write your ballots, that kind of stuff is really helpful to have some training materials available um, for that. All good stuff. I mean, I'd say that the whole checklist has a lot of really valuable stuff, especially if uh, if you just don't know where to start or it's the first time you're running a tournament. I think it does a pretty thorough job of running you through all the different things that you got to consider. So, yeah, I mean, and that's really why I wanted to have you on here was to talk about this document and brag it up a little bit and hopefully people will use it and it'll be useful to them. Anything you want to say to anybody out there who's using this? Yeah, I think feedback would be really helpful um, because, again, we are trying to make this a working document for as many people as possible. There's also, I'm sure, things that I've missed. So it would be helpful if, you know, you get this and you start to do it and you still have questions. Please reach out to me with the questions and um, I will potentially add that add stuff to the checklist. So it's kind of a living document. Um, I think there's always more resources that we can add to something like this. When we talk about, there's some several things that say example, and that's just a quick example that I've maybe created, but I would love to have as many examples as possible, right? So if I have something of, this is what we did in Jackson last year, and then you can, you can send me something and say, well, this is what we did at Hot Springs, and we could combine those or, you know, and just put it out there because we want as many resources available for people as possible. Cool. The other thing I figure that we probably should talk about for a couple of seconds on here is 
the that we're starting a newsletter for Wyoming coaches. You want to talk about that, Londi? Sure. So the newsletter we found, we've done some um, different versions of newsletters in the past. And I found, especially for new coaches, it's a really helpful uh, document to look at where to go to answer some quick questions, right? So we tried to, with the newsletter, boil it down to what are your most pressing questions or what are the things you need to know, um, the things that change maybe on a monthly basis. And so we're trying to make it kind of short and sweet, but also one place where you can go to for lots of different resources. So where to find debate topics, where to find extent topics, where to find this checklist, those kinds of things. We'd also... I think welcome any input to the newsletter. If people want to contribute, uh, that's awesome. And we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, for sure. We're also, you know, it's all just links. It's just a small document. Right now we're trying to keep it to a page that just has a bunch of links. And a lot of those links are just one clap resources too. So yeah, it should be great. (laughs) It's going it's to be it's, awesome. It's going to be amazing. People are going to love the newsletter. It's going to blow everyone's minds. You'd be so grateful that we exist. <laughs> right? We will definitely link to the hosting a tournament checklist, also called the planning and running your speech and debate tournament checklist on the newsletter. And we'll link on the one cloud speech and debate website too. Oh, I did also want to mention, sorry, this is like totally out of order, which is not what I do. I organize things in order. You're but a professional on, organizer. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But on the virtual checklist, there is a best practices guide at the very top. So we wrote that document when we were crafting our virtual season. And so there's lots of really helpful uh, thoughts in there about considerations that you should be making for when you're doing a virtual tournament. Also, it's a helpful uh, spot for people that are attending virtual tournaments. So it has troubleshooting on technology and um, all kinds of, all kinds of helpful things in there. So that's at the very top of the checklist. Many thanks to my good friend, Londi for taking time to talk to me on the podcast and also for creating and sharing such a useful resource for the speech and debate community. Since the interview, Londi has helped tab a couple of tournaments, and she continues to make improvements on the checklist, which will be a living document. And you, dear listener, if you access the checklist and think of improvements, please reach out and let us know. If you have an idea or a request for the One Clap Speech and Debate podcast, shoot me an email at lylewiley at gmail.com or reach out on the One Clap Speech and Debate podcast website or social media linked in the show notes. I'm super excited to be back for season three of One Clap, and I'm I'm sorry that I haven't been creating as many episodes lately. I'm sitting on a lot of really amazing interviews that I'm in the process of editing for the podcast, and I have a lot of great content that I need to get out there for all of you, and hopefully over the holidays, I can start to catch up a bit. I love making the show and all the resources with it. It's like my love letter to the speech and debate community. It's not, however, a cost-free enterprise, and it takes a lot of time and effort on top of cost for me to produce. And this year, you could maybe consider supporting One Clap Speech and Debate by checking out our Patreon page linked in the show notes. You can partner with me on this journey for as little as $1 a month and stop patronage at any time. Thank you so much to all of our wonderful patrons. I'm so thankful for you all. Terry, Tina, Melissa, Brenda, Aaron, Beth, Laura, Ashley S, Ashley M, Marcus, Blondie, Alan, 
Joel, Matt, and Debbie. Thank you so much. Thank you too, listener, for listening to the One Clap Speech and Debate podcast and the Coach Connection. And best of luck to all speech and debate coaches this season. Thank you for all that you do for our amazing community. One Clap.